This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hani Balkis. Welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. It is me, Hani Balqis, with Omnia Saleh, bringing you everything you need to know about what's happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Thursday. Finally, it's been a very, very long week for me, at least. Uh, I th- what's after May? I April. I feel you on this one. January, February, March, April, May. Oh, June Before, is next in yeah. five days. <laughs> so uh, June is coming up. I'm a little bit excited. I think uh, next week on Sunday will be June. Yes, if I'm not mistaken. I Let think me check. So. Or Tuesday. Tuesday, wow. Yeah, Tuesday would be the first. I'm very off. Of <laughs> but uh, we're talking today about how YouTube is updating monetization policy. And these changes will actually go into effect from June 1st. Yes, indeed. This is going to be interesting news for all content creators that are not living right here in the UAE, but around the world. Coming up on the show, we're going to be talking about hiding likes on different posts. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, they have introduced a new feature that will hopefully help lessen the comparison that influencers tend to have between one another. Yes, and we're also talking about how WhatsApp feature will allow users to play voice notes at up to two times speed now. Well, I've had this feature. I think uh, I was one of the first people to have this feature because everyone's talking about it now. I thought this yeah. was uh, <laughs> this was this has been around. Anyways, uh, I love I love this feature because uh, I hate voice notes. It, well, it is my favorite. I actually didn't get it until a couple of days ago, but a lot of people have been saying how much they love it, and I can definitely agree with them. Coming up on the show today is going to be a very exciting day for all those whose kids are interested in tech, robotics, coding programming, you name it, because Charge of Children Reading Festival is actually holding a couple of workshops for all those kids that are interested in tech. And today we're going to be speaking to the chief operating officer of Fun Robotics, who is actually moderating all those different workshops. Tell us more about where they are exactly at the Sharjah Expo Center and what can children learn through them. It may just be the perfect weekend destination to help your children disconnect a little bit from being on iPads and learn more on how to program all this tech. Coming up, uh, lots and lots is in store right here on the show, so keep Pulse95 locked and we'll be right back. Pulse95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Your quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE and around the world. Today's tech news is all about YouTube since they have actually updated their monetization policy. We've talked about this a couple of months ago and this new policy was actually basically scheduled to go into effect on the 1st of June. Now, this is going to be changing the game for many YouTubers, especially those who live in the United States, since now they're going to be making a lot less money out of their platforms than they used to before. Yes, U.S. technology giant Google, who is the owner of video platform YouTube, has updated its terms of services for YouTubers, whereby payments to creators of those videos will be treated as royalties from a U.S. tax perspective, and the U.S. technology giant will withhold those taxes, which are required by law. Now, if you're not American or if you've never lived in the United States, uh, tax is a big issue there. Uh, again, you have income tax, you have sales tax, and you do need to file those taxes every year. I have to file my taxes every year, even though I don't live in the United States, but I am American. So uh, YouTube, which does generate a lot of revenue for those YouTubers, we've seen YouTubers buy Lamborghinis because <laughs> they have 60 million views on like 10 videos. True. Again, they're making a lot of money and the U.S. does want to capitalize on that and 
put some money into back into the the government or back into the economy and we're looking at how they will be using that to get more tax out of those YouTubers. Yes, indeed. So now if you go ahead and read as a content creator the updated terms and conditions, you will realize that after the 1st of June, if you continue to use YouTube, you're actually agreeing to new terms that will be deducting a lot more out of your account. Now, one struggle that a lot of people have heard from YouTubers, especially in the United States, is that when you're, let's say, working, let's compare working a regular job versus working with YouTube. When you're working a regular job, the salary that you get at the end of the month already has a lot of the tax deducted from it. So whatever money you get is just, it's clean money that is fully yours. But with YouTube, whatever money you're gaining, you still have to go ahead and remove yourself the taxed amount, which it's it's hard to witness, you know, when you get a big number and then you slowly see it, it go lower and lower. Now, the statement did add that parents who allow their children to use YouTube Kids are also agreeing to the new terms on behalf of their children as well. So even younger uh, kids who have YouTube channels will still have the same regulations that they're going to be following. Yes. Now, uh, again, I'm against this and I'll tell you why, because yeah. uh, it does state that Google or YouTube will withhold these taxes, uh, quote unquote taxes, right? Mm -hmm. But we do know that tech giants and a lot of big companies, these billionaire companies, do not actually pay taxes. They True. do a lot of tax evasion or they don't pay the correct amount. And that's why uh, in the United States, there's a saying called tax the rich, tax the big companies, and they don't pay a lot of taxes. I mean, uh, there, there, there's a big issue when it comes to taxes in the United States. Uh, US Former U.S. President Donald Trump uh, never released his taxes because, well, he used to evade, uh, evade his taxes. Mm. So again, seeing Google withholding these taxes Mm, I don't know about it. I don't know if they will be paying their taxes or paying those YouTuber taxes. But again, this is just going to hurt the creators a, a little bit more. But for those who don't know what royalties are, royalties are basically, let's say, for example, you post a YouTube video, right? Yeah. And then I rip 40 seconds from that YouTube mm -hmm. video and I post it on my YouTube video or on my website or whatever. True. I am thereby required to pay a royalty now it doesn't i don't think i have to pay the royalty to youtube i think i have to pay it to the creator i don't know it's not clear so far yeah but the statement also did add that parents who do allow their child to use youtube kids are also agreeing to the new terms on behalf of their child as well so mm -hmm. even if uh, it's a child creator that child creator is now required to kind of uh, pay your taxes yes indeed and they also actually added a new term of con and condition uh, regarding collecting personal data so a lot of the times youtubers would take videos and someone would pop up in the background someone who has no idea that they were part of that person's video so now they're actually tightening those guidelines in the past um, YouTube used to ban any person filming another person without their permission, but now the company is claiming that they're also going to be calling out the use of facial recognition software for the purpose of gathering personal data on users. So things are going to get a lot more difficult for YouTubers to stay in their 
in their realm or their positions mm-hmm. as content creators because they have to pay attention to a lot of regulations but also pay a lot more money to get to do what they love. Yeah, I mean, monetizing creators uh, from a different point of view obviously is a bit, is a lot of uh, opportunity to make some money as a government and we're talking about the U.S. government. True. Because, again, uh, there's a lot of money to be made in the techverse and we're seeing how uh, the U.S. government is uh, implying that on Google. Uh, I don't think it's uh, it's it's hundred percent all right. I mean, I do believe that uh, YouTubers should be paid ta- should pay taxes based on their income, not on based on how much they're making off each video. Yes, I like that. But again, mm. that is that is actually the standard. I mean, True. I don't uh, you, you pay taxes based on how much you're making per year or per annually. Let us know your guys' thoughts. 4215, do it or on our Instagram at Pulse95Radio. We're going to be taking a short break, but when we come back, we're talking about Facebook and Instagram and how they might just let users hide their likes on posts. You're listening to Pulse95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Now, when it does come to this topic, I'm a little bit on the fence about it. (laughs) I don't entirely agree on what Facebook and Instagram is doing or what let users do, and that is hiding likes on their posts. Now, Facebook's photo sharing app, which is Instagram, is launching the option for users globally to hide like counts on posts, and that change will also soon roll out on Facebook. Now, there's actually been a test on this for years now, and it's kind of focused on lessening the pressure of using their services. Now, Instagram users will be able to hide like counts on all posts in that feed and on their own posts. Now, both of these options will be available on Facebook in the next few weeks. And Instagram did say that in a blog. Uh, I don't know, Omnia. You don't know about uh, it? I don't, I'm, I don't entirely agree on it. Why not? I'll Okay, mm. I'll tell you why. Okay. Because, again, mm. I'll, I agree on it because some people view each other and have value towards each other's account based on how many likes they get on each post. For example, let's say I have a thousand followers and I'm only getting 50 likes per post. Yeah. So someone will say, ah, oh, look at this guy. He has a thousand <laughs> followers and only gets 50 posts. Did he buy his followers? Did he do the, is he, is the picture not okay because he didn't get enough likes on it? Mm-hmm. Right? I agree. And another point is some people value themselves. Oh, man, that picture wasn't good. I didn't get uh, the 400 likes I'm used to getting. Right? True. Now, regardless, the user is still going to see how many people liked his post because he can view it, but other people can't. He's so, still going to have that self-worth issue. Yeah, that psychological issue yeah. is still going to be there, so it doesn't really matter. But at the same time, again, Omnia... Mm. This is bad because, for example, let's say I'm a person providing a service, Mm, correct? Like sponsorships. I'm providing a service. I Mm. sell, for example, tissue paper. Yeah. Right? And I have an Instagram account with 80K followers Mm. and I'm posting pictures about this tissue paper. Mm. And no one can see the likes. No one knows if it's a genuine tissue paper. True. And uh, you see comments, oh, yeah, great. It's awesome. It's great. It's awesome. Right? And so you, what are you going to do? You're going to go and buy that tissue paper. But in reality, it's a scam. Mm. That tissue paper is not good at all. Right? So so likes counts. It does count. And it does give, again, I don't like saying it, but the validity towards a person that this True. person 
what he's saying or what she's saying is correct. Now, let's say we're talking about... Especially if we're talking about brands. Like, if, yeah. a, if a brand approaches, let's say, Hani with a sponsorship deal, they want to be able to monitor how well it's doing yeah. through the likes. Comments could, ha- could help. Yeah, exactly. Definitely views. Comments could help, but not everyone... Not everyone has the time to put a comment, you know? How many times do you post a comment when you like something versus just double tapping the photo? Yeah, I I, I rarely comment. I rarely True. comment. If Same. I comment, I'm only commenting on my friends' pictures. Yeah. So I don't think, again, there's there's a lot of, that's why it's been years in testing because there's a lot of so, but if this and mm. that. And again, I do believe that it is not the best option towards a certain number of people for the influencers, right? Mm. Now, we use Instagram as a media outlet nowadays, right? And we understand a lot of things now because of Instagram, regardless of the topic, if it's controversial or not. So Hani is going to take out his phone and I'm going to record a four minute video talking about coffee. Yeah. How Brazilian coffee is better than (laughs) the Italian coffee, right? Mm. And if 20,000 people like it, that means 20,000 people agree with me. And then that will influence the user thinking, hey, Maybe Hani is right. Maybe Brazilian coffee is better than the Italian coffee. You know why? Because 20,000 people agree with Hani. Uh, look, I agree with you from one point. You're, you... It can influence a, a mindset. True. I, I definitely agree with you on that one. But I also feel like it's... I want to go back to your first point. It also makes people judge each other, especially as influencers. I know there's still, you know, as a as a content creator, when you see how many likes you get, even as normal human beings, a lot of people tend to judge how they look like based on how many likes. You posted a I picture know I'm of- beautiful. <laughs> I, I like the confidence. I don't need likes. <laughs> exactly. That's the way everyone should view themselves. Exactly. But sadly, that's not the reality. A lot of people, let's say they posted a picture of themselves. It didn't get that many likes. All of a sudden, self-confidence drops dramatically but hiding that like is like it's like saying that i don't have an issue anymore because no one can see it i'm still comparing myself to the number of likes i'm getting but other content creators can't see it you know what i mean so the issue is still there but at least it's not publicized at least i'm not getting judged how many people drown a year in a pool omnia a lot of people, a right? A lot of people, yes. So now we can't use pools, <laughs> right? So what do you do so you don't drown? You learn to swim. Learn to live with yourself. Learn to accept yourself. Learn yeah. to love yourself and know that you are not uh, valued based on how many comments or likes you get on a couple of I pictures. I think it's just it, it helps less established content creators, especially those who are still learning how to advance their content without basing it on how much reactions they get how much engagement they get maybe mm, I, again i i'm 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 You're on against the fence. it I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm against it again it's going to kind of be like pinterest you mm. know so what am, i'm looking You're at a catalog seeing... now even pinterest i think you can you, you can't I, I, don't, I don't know I'm, I'm not on it that much but it, it's just you know you go through it as if it's a catalog True. so puts in another question and the question is what is Instagram going to be? Social networking, social media. True. Right? They already stopped viewing likes on videos, I think. You just get to you, see. You can. You can, you but not. To, but you have to do a little bit extra work. You got to click on the views. Yeah. So, I don't know. Let us know your thoughts. Are you with Instagram and Facebook removing likes off of photos? So, as a creator or as the person who posted the video or the photo, you can see the likes, but people around you can't. Yes. Again, there is also talks that Instagram will keep this for people under the age of 13. Yeah. Right? So, if again. I like that, though. 
I th- may maybe our direct uh, kind of focus should be on children, mm. but again, I don't. I I believe that maybe you should. We should be teaching ourselves and teaching people. You you don't stop people driving cars because accidents happen. You teach them how to drive and you give them more safety features, and you teach them more about road safety. Honey is all about the tough love today, and yeah. I agree with you. You have to you have to grow thick skin if you want to be on social Not media as a content creator. You can't you can't be so. So soft. <laughs> I mean, love yourself, man. Who cares if 80 people only liked my bicep picture? True. Who cares if 400? If 400 people liked it, I'd be I'd be happy. But if 80 <laughs> people liked it, I'd be happy too because I know I look beautiful. It shouldn't it shouldn't matter. That's that's the the end of the discussion. It shouldn't matter how many likes a photo gets for you to hold kind of value for yourself. Let us know your thoughts. But coming up on the show, we're going to have a very interesting conversation about robotics, programming, coding, and the different workshops that are currently being held at the Sharjah Children Reading Festival. Keep Pulse 95 locked. We'll be right back. Pulse 95. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Amiel Saleh and Hany Balkis. The weekend is just around the corner and it is a great chance for us to go ahead and teach our kids a little bit more about how to use tech without necessarily consuming it so much, how they can create content on tech, whether it was through robotics, artificial intelligence, or even coding. The Charge of Children Reading Festival is currently holding a lot of workshops to teach children a little bit more about the insides of tech. And joining us today to tell us all about it is the Chief Operating Officer of Fun Robotics, Mr. Bara Hamdi Al Jinani, who will be telling us all about those different workshops. Thank you so much for joining us today, Bara. You're welcome. It's an, it's an honor to have you on the show. So can you discuss with us the different workshops that will be taking place and teaching the children about the Internet of Things, robotics, and even game coding? Yes. So actually, we are in collaborating with Sharjah Book Authority in uh, delivering different types of workshops for different age groups at uh, the Sharjah uh, like a reading Children festival, reading yes. Festival. Reading festival, yeah. So we have different robotics from uh, workshops from basic building and programming robots uh, to different coding workshops. And also we have some interesting workshops where we combine uh, like uh, literacy with robotics. So students read, try to, f- like they will figure out there's a problem in the story that they are reading, then they try to use robotics to solve the problem mentioned. Mm-hmm. Also, we have uh, 3D design, modeling, and printing, uh, AI workshops. So different types of workshops uh, are there. All kinds. Now, whenever we're talking about robots, I think the first robot that the world <laughs> kind of came into contact with was the Grindizer. I don't know if you remember it, Hani. That's a classic <laughs> one, yeah. It is a classic. And ever since then, a lot of children have been intrigued about learning about those companions, human, non-human companions yes. that have been able to automate different jobs around the world. So what basics about robots can we start teaching children? And what age do you believe is the perfect age for a child to start learning more about robotics? Yeah, perfect. So I think it all comes like when the kids start, Mm -hmm. you know, building stuff with the Lego pieces. Mm -hmm. Because when we talk about robots, we have the building part and the programming part. Maybe programming can start, we start usually with the Blockly interface. Mm -hmm. So no scripts, just blocks. And it can start from, you know, five, six years old. But building can start from even earlier age, depending on the kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, I, I would believe that, let's say, 
kids nowadays are more inclined to accept robotics, accept coding than the previous generations because Omnia did mention Grandizer, but a lot of people look at robots like the Terminator. Yes. Right? They do think that robots <laughs> are going to take over the world and now everyone's going to go crazy and, you know, <laughs> we're going to lose back, our jobs. You know? <laughs> and everyone's going to lose their jobs. But again, I do feel like children are more inclined because, again, this generation is, a lot of people say it, the iPad generation for the children, obviously. Mm-hmm. So again, yes. I, I I would I would believe they would be more accepting to that fact. And I want to go back and talk about the game coding, you know, because I, as a person mm-hmm. who plays games, I think it, it it would be very nice for me when I was a child to learn a little bit about game coding. Can you walk us through the game coding? Yeah. So actually, we have different levels uh, teaching, you know, game development. Mm-hmm. We start from you know around age seven years old, where we use Kudo Game Lab, which okay. is a Microsoft product. It's a very nice interface where students can, you know, design their characters, move them in a certain like a playground and then giving the instructions and the rules, which we call programming uh, to these characters. So it interacts in a very nice, um, you know, yeah. way with, yeah. the, with the players. Now, now Bara, I want to talk to you about something as we do know if every year new jobs are being created because of technology. Isn't this mm-hmm. a great initiative to teach the kids about, hey, you don't have to be an engineer only. You know, it's, it'd be amazing if my son was an engineer <laughs> or if my son was a doctor, but also he can be a game developer. And I do believe this is teaching these kids that you have a broad category of things to become in the future. You don't have to be the classic doctor, doctor engineer, architect, architect and uh, Again, I do believe, and I want to ask you this question. Uh, do you think the future of jobs is going to be all in the tech industry? Yes, definitely. So many countries now are um, you know, adapting, involving, um, uh, let's say, coding in their schools, even mm-hmm. in, a very, in a very young age. Even, I think, like UAE and many other countries mm-hmm. are putting coding from a very, in the very beginning yes. age with the students. And this is really mandatory. So coding is just like learning a new language, which is really important in the future jobs. It can really affect and impact yeah, now, uh, the community. Absolutely. Now, yeah, and now you mentioned language. Do you believe that it's going to be a language that we need? I mean, I speak English and Arabic. Yeah. In 10 mm-hmm. years, would my son need to know English, Arabic, and C++, coding? C++, Python? Yes. <laughs> Do you believe yes, that? Definitely. Yes, definitely. Yes, for sure, I believe this. So this is the way we communicate with machines. Because machines will play a very like big role later in future. It's playing already now, mm-hmm. but it will even play a bigger role. So we need to know how to communicate with these machines, how to send instructions in different types of coding and programming uh, languages. True. Now, whenever we think about gaming, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking on the behalf of a lot of parents. The first thing they think about is no. Never. <laughs> they already play okay. a lot of games. They already spent too much time on their PlayStation, their Xbox, their iPads. I don't want to teach them more about gaming. But there's a different angle to gaming when we're looking at mm-hmm. these workshops and programming those gaming. So can you tell us a little bit about the benefits <laughs> of teaching yes, kids sure. about programming games? So actually, you should follow the kid's interest and then turn that to something useful that he or she can benefit from. 
let me give you an example that we do at Fun Robotics. So maybe I'm not sure if you know the game Minecraft. It's a very oh, 100%. popular game. Hundred <laughs> percent. I, I yes. played that when I was a kid, right? Yes, I yeah. I, well, so it's a very popular game. Everyone plays it. Even me before I used to play it. It's a very fun game. Mm. So the thing is, there is something called modding in Minecraft, mm -hmm. which means changing the rules of the game, adding some you know weird stuff like different things in the game. So kids loves to do that. So what we did at Fun Robotics. We did, like we are teaching them how to do modding in programming. So they will program the Minecraft game to change some rules in the game. Uh, yeah. And it's really fun, they, they love it. And at the same time, they are, uh, you know, learning coding. While I'm thinking outside so. the box. I think I need to pass by uh, the Shard Expo <laughs> Center. You know, I still play Minecraft this day. I have a couple of caves that I go in, I'll do my mining. You know, I have a horse in the game and I you feed him yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very good relax. If you want to relax and play some games, Minecraft is that game unless a creeper comes and blows up your whole house. But again, I, I think I will be uh, passing by uh, the Charge Expo Center because I do want to learn how to mod. I, obviously, I play the game, but I, I don't know how to mod. <laughs> and there are just a few days left for people to go ahead and check those workshops. Friday and Saturday is your only chance to get to check them out. We're going to be taking a short break, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about the world of the Internet of Things and how there are also workshops that could aid in children learning more about that. And also, why should we even teach children about tech, mm -hmm. STEM concepts, and programming skills? Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. You're, You're listening, listening to Pulse95. 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 This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnia Al-Saleh and Hany Balkis. This generation is what many would call the iPad generation. Kids at the age of maybe three, if not younger, they already know how to work out an iPad. They know exactly how to work out a phone. They know how to click on YouTube and watch videos all day long. But as, as much as parents tend to feel like tech could be damaging to a child's health, to a child's brain activity, we can see it from a different angle because tech can also teach a child a lot more about how to be creative, how to learn programming, and how to excel in their academic life as well. Sharjah Children Reading Festival is currently holding a lot of tech workshops, whether it was teaching them about robotics, artificial intelligence, or even the Internet of Things. And joining us today is Chief Operating Officer of Fun Robotics, Bara Hamdi Al-Jilani, who's been telling us all about the different workshops. Thanks a lot for joining us, Bara. Yeah, welcome. Thank you for hosting me. So, Bada, we talked about the workshops that are currently being held to teach artificial intelligence, robotics, programming with games. But let's talk a little bit about the Internet of Things, because nowadays mm -hmm. we see smart homes everywhere. We see the ability to control the lighting of a house by simply using an app on the phone. So how important is it to teach children about the Internet of Things and how can we start them out with some basics? Yeah, so Internet, you know, now, all the people, almost many people are connected to the internet. We need to use this feature. So Internet of Things basically means communicating with things which are devices through internet. So an example is a smart home application where you can turn, turn on you know, the lights while you are somewhere else, maybe do something else uh, in, in a different location because everything is connected to the internet. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's a very important uh, thing for the kids to learn because many jobs will reflect on this in the near future. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I think uh, you hit it on the spot as well. And that's why we're looking at the importance of teaching children STEM concepts and or programming skills. Because 
I do believe, and we, we, we touched upon it in the previous uh, segment, that this will become part of our language. I speak English, Arabic, and now I'll need to speak a programming language to communicate between my devices. Let's say, for example, I have a smart home now, right? I have a smart refrigerator, but my smart refrigerator does not want to talk to my smart microwave, right? <laughs> so what do I need to do? I need to start programming the microwave to talk to my refrigerator, for example. So again, I'm looking at I'm looking at that as a new way of life. But but I want to ask you, how can people si- sign up and the location of uh, these workshops? Yeah, so now we are offering in Sharjah, mm-hmm. aside from the Reading Festival workshops, so we will be hosting a summer camp program in collaboration with Qasba. It's going to be um, in July uh, mm-hmm. and August. Mm-hmm. So uh, I advise you to visit our website to, for the audience who are listening. We'll be promoting this, giving the full camp schedule so kids can go and, and learn more about this stuff. In in fun robotic in, in Sharjah. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're living in Dubai, you can come to our center. We will also be having uh, different summer camps. Yeah. that's amazing. And, and what is the ages like? What the age, age groups? Age groups? Yeah. So we start usually from seven or six, mm-hmm. like uh, up to like eighteen. Eighteen. All right. So we have two segments, like seven to ten, and. You can say 11 or 12 plus. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic, especially because, you know, they always say start them young. <laughs> start them young. Yes, I do. Uh, sometimes I do wish uh, I knew how to program because, uh, I mean, it's actually a very, very good money maker, a very good career. People who program. I mean, I read some people, they make around, uh, can you believe it or not, around half a million dollars a year. Wow. And that's a salary. Right. Wow. That, 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 that's um, that's other than uh, uh, the, the freelancing projects. That is amazing. Uh, a lot of parents may be tuning in right now, but are thinking, you know, we talked about all the different things that children could learn. But why is it important that we teach children about programming? We teach them about STEM concepts. And by STEM, we mean science, technology, mathematics, mm-hmm. how important it is for a child of 2021 to be learning about those skills. OK, now I hear this a lot from parents saying that, OK, my kid, has no interest or he wants to be, or she wants to become an artist or yeah. something completely different. Now I'm telling you, if you have the coding knowledge or the programming slash robotics knowledge, you can become a creative. You can build a robotic arm that can do painting, for example. So you can go out of the box and uh, be innovative in, in your own uh, you know, special domain. Even if you are not an engineer, you can still mm-hmm. benefit a lot from this. Yeah. And again, I do believe that this will work a lot with critical thinking and problem solving because um, I've seen a lot of funny memes about programmers and how they'll they'll spend hours on, on a line of code and in <laughs> the end, there's like a com or a dash that they forgot to put in. But again, I do believe that this will also enhance their critical thinking, their problem solving, and this will make them even better or excel more in math as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today and telling us all about the different workshops uh, that children could benefit from and parents should consider taking their children this weekend to it since only a few days are left. But if you're interested in maybe enrolling your child in a summer camp, they're also holding different workshops uh, and different events with Al-Qasba. It's been a great honor to get to speak to you today. You're welcome. Thank you for hosting me. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Hope you have a great weekend. Yes, indeed. Thank you. You too. Coming coming up on the show, we're going to be talking about a brand new WhatsApp feature that is allowing users to play voice notes up to two times the speed. My favorite feature so far. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back.
This is Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? What's worth a click and download, but 99.9999% of you already have this downloaded, and we're talking about WhatsApp and how a new feature will allow its users to play voice notes up to two times in speed. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is great for if you have someone who talks a lot and never reaches the point, right? And now you don't have to listen to a four-minute mm-hmm. voice note of them going, uh, so uh, I have a question. Yes. Um, you know that thing... Instead, you put it at the two times speed. It's like, uh, I have a question. Uh, you know this thing? And it, I love the different uh, time speeds. So there's times one, times 1.5, and then times yes. two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is awesome. It's a great feature. I've used it already uh, 20 times. Yeah. I got people, I don't know why, they like to send me seven-minute voice notes. Uh, believe it or not, I mean, uh, some people actually do I send me... I remember your se- frustration. Yeah, some people send me seven-minute voice notes at 7 a.m. So, again, WhatsApp is introducing that feature for voice messages. Omnia says she got a couple of days ago. I've had it for around two weeks. Yeah, a lot of people have been actually... Uh, whenever they sent me a voice note, they go like, Oh, wow, now we can fast-forward through different voice notes. And I love this feature, especially just like you mentioned, for people that send very long voice notes, very many of them. I hate it. I really hate listening to them. I might be guilty of sending voice notes myself, but I ch- now I like it's like programmed in my head to speak faster. I speak the times two speed by sending the voice note because of how often I use it to listen to voice notes. But let us know, are you enjoying WhatsApp's brand new feature and what do you think of it? Uh, I'm sure that they're going to be introducing a lot more features in the coming weeks because this is just the beginning of what changes are coming to this app. Yes, I mean, again, uh, I would I would not. A lot of people and I personally don't have a lot of time to sit down and listen to a voice note. Uh, but again, that's just me. 4215, do a slot to our Instagram at Pulse95 Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, this does conclude Future Talk for today. We do hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful and safe weekend. Uh, COVID-19 is still alive and well, and we do need to protect ourselves. Future Talk is signing off. We've got Afternoon Karak, the Dream Team, Mikhail Atli and Aisha Mazmi, who is live at the Sharjah Reading Festival at Sharjah Expo Center. Do tune in at 4 p.m. all the way to 5 p.m. We'll catch you on Sunday. We hope you have a blessed weekend and we'll see you later. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.